This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, LS Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Goal! Oh, post for Shearer. Goal! McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection! And it's a goal! It's to Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Hobble! Welcome back. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. When when I last welcomed you onto the pod, that was episode 50. This is episode 561. A lot has happened in that time for all parties, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, massive congratulations on passing 500 as well, because I, I know how hard it is with podcasts, you know. Um, so, um, you know, I'm really happy that you have that you've been able to pass that landmark and hopefully you can have another 500 and many more. Oh, could you imagine? I'll be well into my 40s at that stage. Uh, I don't know if I've got it in me. We'll we'll soon find out, but thank you. Um, your last episode, I, I have no shame in saying, is one of the most listened that we've had on the low strangers it's actually sitting at number two charlie austin is in uh it gets the top spot which isn't which isn't the worst company in the world is it but your last effort went down really really well because obviously you're just leaving swindon at that stage and you wanted to set the record straight so what this episode will be is just to see what what you've been up to in the last four years it's almost four years to the te- to the day just over in fact since we last spoke and well would you believe it quite a th- few things have happened yeah no it's been it's been actually quite eventful to be fair um so yeah no I, I remember that um that episode I remember where I was exactly as well so um yeah, I was at my mum's I was at my mum's house um actually kind of debating life a bit in terms of my football career 
um it was you know it was it was a it was a difficult time i knew it was coming anyway but it was difficult because i've been at swindon for four years so it was like going into the unknown really which was something that i didn't expect at all so no, I, I really enjoyed um, you know, you reaching out and asking me to speak because you know there was a lot of things I wanted to say then, but you know, to be fair, I wouldn't, I wouldn't actually have, the, I don't have that mindset anymore of I need to, you know, get the record straight over because <laughs> you know I'm just not, I'm just not like that anymore now. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm just a boring man, which is, you know, it's, it's much better. Oh, up the mighty boring men of England, I tell you, because uh, <laughs> I certainly. <laughs> class is one of those that's for sure so I guess the best way to start is so you leave Swindon and we're all wondering where you'll end up I don't think anyone would have guessed despite your aspirations of making the the Chile first team you know you got your international call-ups whilst at Swindon but you know it, it's a generation of quite a good goalkeeper being ahead of you uh, in in Claudio Bravo um, so I suppose it's not a shock that you you move to a lovely little Pacific Coast city in, in Chile for your next move. But what were the options at that stage? Because I, I guess many of us feared that you would be playing against Swindon at some point, but off to Chile you went. Yeah, you know, and to be honest, it was a, a shock to me as well. Um, like, I left... Well, I'll, I'll go with my mindset then, which was, you know... Uh, how you perform on the pitch is more important than everything, which is what I thought then. So, you know, I didn't realise that a lot of teams, they do little reference checks to see basically what you're like as a lad. And, you know, so I was thinking, I was leaving Swindon, you know, I, I've done, I think I've done pretty well there. I think the last season was, the last two seasons were were terrible in terms of, you know, I, I could have been much better, but I thought like when I did play, I did okay, like good enough to show that I was at least a League Two keeper. So, you know, a lot of time went by. I didn't sign in in Chile till about August. So it was like, you know, it was it was it was quite, you know, I was I was a bit, you know, I was thinking I'll get something, you know, easily. Um, I had discussions with people, but nothing came because I think you know people was calling around and saying what's he like, and people saying no, I don't touch him, he's miles off it. And to be honest. I actually don't blame them either because of, you know, in, in terms of I wasn't so much bad with the lads. It was more of the authority I struggled with a lot when I was younger, which was more of, you know, I always thought I was right. I always thought football should be played the way I wanted it to be played. And that was something that, you know, um, I kind of really struggled with when obviously I had different managers at Swindon who wanted to play a complete different style of play. So um, I really struggled with that. Back to the point, which was, what I had, I had one text message from Mark Cooper on the literally leading into the season, which was, do you want to sign for me at Forest Green? Uh, and it was the Monday, the season started Saturday. I hadn't done no training, nothing. And I said, to be honest, you know, um, I'm not fit, you know, and, I'm, and, I, and I really don't think that going there would be any good for you or me in terms of I won't be as, you know, as sharp as I usually am or, you know, so... Um, I kind of just said nah and, and just said I'll see what happens really. Um and then yeah, the Chile the team in Chile, um, they called my they called my dad and basically kind of begged him for me to sign. And you know, the way they showed the ambition and all that, they had like a two-year plan and all that. And it was just, yeah, I just decided, you know what, I'm gonna go. I left all my family here, I went alone. And I think that was kind of when I hit rock bottom 
you know, in terms of I'm not playing out there. I've joined in the middle of the season. Um, the other keeper is doing really well. And it was the first time I was actually a complete and utter number two mm. in terms of, you know, at Swindon, there was times where I didn't play or but I always knew in a few weeks I'd probably get back in the team. I went out there and I, I just couldn't get in. And I, and I wasn't doing anything wrong in terms of going out or I was just being as professional as I could and trying to enjoy the culture as much as I could, but I just wasn't getting in. And I hit rock bottom in the sense that, you know, I just couldn't, I just, I just missed home. I missed speaking English all the time. And yeah, got quite lucky that, you know, Ross Embleton and Martin Ling actually rang me in December and said, do you want to come sign for us? Or, and I said, you know, I, I tore up my contract straight away out there. Just said, please, I want to go home. And, you know, they were really, really kind that they did let, allow me to do that. And yeah, sign for Orient. Ooh. And yeah, the rest is history, really. Well, they do. They do say that. In terms of Everton, because we all had a keen eye on you at that point, because, you know, we wanted to see where this was headed, because it's an unusual an unusual uh, transfer, really, isn't it? But I think one of the, the main issues is, as well is that it was a nation in turmoil wasn't it there were the protests which which ended the season what was it like being amongst all that yeah yeah so I was there for so I signed in August end of August maybe mid-August and the troubles didn't start until about end of November so I had I had gone all that period with not playing but I was working with, like over there you train every day etc so it wasn't no days off so it was I actually was kind of fit but not match fit but I was really fit got to the end of season we wasn't really playing for anything. So I think I was going to play the last couple of games. But then, yeah, it just like chaos. Like it was just, it was mental. And, you know, uh, you know, I had a dad, like my dad, that he's very in touch with everything. So I was ringing him quite a bit and basically asking him what's going on. Like, and he was just explaining it to me. And, you know, I had to ask the army to go shopping. And then, you know, I'm missing my kids. I miss my, my partner. You know, I miss my mum and dad. And, and, you know, it's just really hard, you know, like not being able to, you know, do the, the things that you take for granted. You know, there's things that, you know, when I was at Swindon, I took for granted, you know, um, like taking my kids to school or taking them to after school clubs and, you know, doing things like going, doing the weekly shop in the supermarket, you know, little things like that. Like I never did, you know, even when I was at Swindon and I feel like now I'm able to do those things it's made my life so much easier and it's just helped me become a man and mature and stuff like that, you know? So though I had to go through all of that, all of those six months, which actually felt like six years to actually come out the other side. And that for me was, was so important. Mm. Yeah. I have a little rule in life. If I have to ask the army for permission to do basic tasks, then it's probably <laughs> time to get out of a country, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was just crazy. Like I was asking, the army to go to the supermarket we could only buy it was similar to like when it was covid here you know like you can only buy like one bag of toilet roll you can only buy uh one bit one bit of soap like hand soap and all that stuff it was mad like so it was just like everything supermarkets burnt down um and it was it was the uh, the summer there as well so like when it's summer there it gets really really hot like they have a lot of forest fires so like the forest's on fire the supermarket's on fire and in the middle of that, I'm going to training. And it's like, what the hell's going on here? It's just mad. And then, yeah, like they just didn't want anyone playing football because they, the people thought that if there was football, um, uh, it would kind of 
take the take the shine, not the shine, but like everyone would be more focused on the football than actually what they was actually protesting about. So they wasn't allowing any football. So it was just, you know, it's quite surreal really to be a part of. Yeah, I I I don't doubt it. And then it, it's it's kind of fortunate that you you get that orient move because you know covid's just around the corner and to be away from your friends and family in a in a nation so far away would have been quite quite significant given where your headspace was at that time oh without a doubt you know i'm actually kind of lucky that i, that I was able to go and in december because covid was in march so it was like um you know, I would have been stuck out there. And they, they were, their, their rules were really, really strict. It, like, you know, in the summer here, it, it kind of eased up a bit. There, it was still like complete and out of lockdown. So it was like, you know, I was, I, I, I count myself really, really lucky that, you know, Martin Ling and, and Ross Embleton kind of reached out to me and because the, the keeper got injured at the time. So it was just, um, it was just, you know, it was, I felt really lucky that, you know, that they, that they did. And, you know, I went and met them and, you know, they said, you know, you won't start the first few games. The keeper that's been playing in goals has been doing really well. Um, I said, listen, I don't mind. Like, I'm just happy to be home. And that was the kind of mindset I had. You know what I mean? It, was, it wasn't, it was oh, I'm not signing them because I'm not playing, which is how I was about three or four years before, you know? So it was like, no, I just want to come home. Like, I, I just want to come home. I want to, and the good, and the thing is, it's it's kind of really close to where I live. So I'm about, you know, 10 minute, 10 minute drive to the stadium. So everything was really, really convenient for me. You know, I come from training, go home. I'm literally back in time to pick up the kids from school. I have enough time in the morning to take them to school, to then go to training. So it's like, it's, it's lovely, like, for me. You know, I'm, I have that kind of life now where, you know, football, I, I'm only a footballer when I'm on the way to training. When I'm coming home from training, I'm not, I don't see myself as a footballer. I'm just, you know, I'm just a dad that wants to, you know, be there for my kids, really. Nice, fair play. Yeah, like, in between being released by Swindon and, and joining Russell Embleton and Martin Ling at Leighton Orient, two people that obviously you, you had a relationship with at Swindon, you, you talk about like you as a footballer there, but in terms of the evolution of Lawrence Vigarou, the human, how far along that evolution were you in, in your sort of like, I'm not going to say maturing, I don't know if that's the right word, but like, taking you to what you become as both a footballer and your mindset off the pitch? Um, yeah, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I, I I saw football very differently when I came back because I knew what it was like to be so far away from from everyone, you know, all the people that I really, really care about, you know. So um, I kind of just wanted to enjoy it, really, just enjoy as much as I can and and see, you know, how how, how far it will take me in terms of, you know, once I once I got in the team, like how how I'd react to it and and stuff like that. I knew I knew that you know what if I had a chance to get back into the team, you know, I, I'd try to take it as best I could. But I knew that you know if I have another mishap in terms of you know going out or doing something stupid in terms like you know like what I did at Swindon, which yeah, which you know we'll get onto. But you know, uh, if I was like that, then it would be you know, that would be it. You know, I don't think I'd get another team again. So it was like, I had to, you know, think very, very hard about what I wanted to do with my life. Because if I, if I was to still be that person, you know, they'd get rid of me and there'd be no one else. I'd have no one else. So 
that was kind of what was going through my thought process at the time, which was, you know, please just, you know, don't lose your head, which was easy because this is me. You know, I kind of felt like I was acting to be a person I wasn't when I was at Swindon. And that, that for me is the saddest part because, you know, I, I really, really enjoyed being there and, you know, I really enjoyed, you know, living there as well. And, you know, uh, and everything that came with it really, um, you know, I feel like, you know, it's easy to say, but, you know, Swindon was the first club that gave me an opportunity in, in men's football in, in the league. And, you know, for that, I'm forever grateful because, you know, it's, it's easy to just look at a 21-year-old keeper and think, you know what, nah, he's, he's, he's not ready yet. But Swindon actually gave me that opportunity. And for that, I'll be eternally grateful because, you know, I, I wouldn't be sitting here today as, you know, a, a champion in League Two. Um, if Swindon hadn't given me that opportunity and allowed me to to make mistakes in my life, um, so for that, yeah, I'm I'm really grateful. In terms of those mistakes, because let's get on to the, sort of the cleanup of the Swindon era before we sort of celebrate your rise at Leighton Orient and Swindon's contributions to that with the with the with the names that you work alongside. What? You know, we know about the fines with the coins, and we talked about that in 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 length last time round, and we all know it. And it's we look back funny. I don't think many fans look back and think Lawrence Vigaru, what a nuisance. I honestly don't. And we've seen you play, you know, four times as a as a Leighton Orient keeper since then, and I've never heard abuse sent your way by by masses. You know, I'm not in the town end, so um they're the ones <laughs> they're the ones closer to you. So I'm sure they they'll say a few things as they say to every goalkeeper. Um yeah. but but what you know you, you're not 30 yet and we put a lot of pressure on footballers to be these sort of model pros. What what were the levels of mistakes you were making as a young man that made you not public enemy number one, but made you somebody that maybe people in the industry went avoid? Do not. Yeah, do no, there th- was many. You know, I think um, there was many. I think you know, uh, you know, firstly being late, not professional, um, and I think you know Richie Wellens, our manager, he, he spoke about that in depth. Really, you know, when he when he when I spoke to him as well wasn't professional as a as a as a man you know and you know when you get when you when you're young I think you can you almost they they, they say you know you'll you'll grow out of it but then when you're 24 25 26 you know and you're still doing the same stuff that you was doing at 19 20 you know it's just you know it's just not you're never going to learn really that's that's the mindset people have so um you know I, I think it was just it was just um those kind of things you know I made silly silly um, decisions you know uh going to places, you know, after we lose, going out, um, making stupid errors in, t- in that in that sense. Um, but, you know, at the time I was thinking, you know what, like, I don't, not that I don't care, it's more of, uh, you know, I work all, I work really hard all week. I just want to go and celebrate, like, or, or not even celebrate, or I just want to go out and just, you know, trying to be like a, like a, like a regular 22, 23 year old man. And I think that was kind of what I, didn't realize was that you you can, but at the right time, you know, I was doing it at the wrong times and that's where it was, you know, um, it was, that's where the balance was broken. I think in terms of, you know, I was, I was going to going out in Swindon, you know, after we lost to someone or, you know, uh, celebrating in front of fans, which, you know, I I just, it's just silly. Like I don't, I don't do that now, you know, like it's just not something that I do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I know, I know, like, 
at Swindon, it was like, I was not, I was not known for it, but it's just like, oh, you were known for it. You were known for it, my friend. (laughs) It's just like, I just don't do that now. So it's just like, and, and you know what, when we played Swindon, um, it was, it was actually like, that's the most nervous I've ever been for a game. You know, like the first game that I ever played back at the county ground. I think we won 2-1. Yeah. Uh, we had 10 men for ages. Yeah. That, um, usually, I don't get changed before the warm-up. Probably, like, I usually get changed maybe, like, 10 minutes before I go out to warm-up. Just so, like, I'm just walking around the changing room laughing and joking and stuff. And then 10 minutes before I start to get changed. For the Swindon game, I got into the changing room. And literally, as I was walking in, saying hi to everybody that I knew from, from Swindon, all the staff that I knew as well. Um, and then... Literally went in the change room, got changed straight away, and I was—I've never been so nervous in my life. And I, I'm not—I'm not too proud to say it. Like I was, you know, it was really nerve-wracking. I went out for the warm-up, kind of mixed reception, and I was like, "Wow, man, this is," you know. And I, I nearly went out and went walked right because, like, <laughs> like I was so used to actually playing there. Like, so it was so weird warming up on the other side. But you know, um, it was—it was really, really surreal. Like going out, going out there and, and playing and. Um, yeah, I was I was really really nervous because um, it was just the, it was the first time. I think the second time I went back there it was it was easier. It was much easier for me because um, I'd already done it basically. And you know uh, you know I'll, I'll, I'll never forget this as well. In the game this season um, at our place, um, so like my missus came to the game and obviously she used to come not all the time but she used to come quite a lot. And she she was said to shit to me after the game was driving home, and she said they are the loudest fans that I've heard this season. And she went, she said something like, and the songs as well. I ain't heard those songs in years. Oh, it, I think it was the Ali Ali Alio song. And she like, she hadn't heard it in ages. And it was like, it was a really nice moment like that she even remembered it. Cause like, like I say, like Swindon was a massive part of my life, you know? And like, it, it, it was a big, it was a big game for me. All, all of them have been. And, you know, I'm really happy that, you know, I've moved on definitely. And I'm really happy that the fans have as well, because it's, you know, I always have, like I say, I always have a lot of love for the club because it's, you know, it's, I have, you know, I have to hold my hands up and, and say thank you because they gave me everything really. It's just, I didn't repay them as well. So yeah, that that's the one thing for me. Um, Yeah. That's the, that's the one thing I wanted to say. No, and you said it very well, but I'm a bit annoyed because you know, I was I was planning to stand with the Orient fans at the Kassam next season in hope to seeing a uh, Lawrence Figueroa of old uh, giving it the big guns uh, against our old pals. But sounds like you've moved on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've moved on. I think they'll be they'll be delighted to see me. I reckon so. I reckon that'll be quite some atmosphere. That'll be qu- that'll be quite some atmosphere. I reckon when we when we go down there. Yeah, it sounds like they'll be very disappointed, unfortunately, for them. But um, good on you. Yeah, we were pretty good at Orient uh, this this season, the the 1-1. It was a good turnout considering we didn't really have much hope of of going up or anything. And you're on the brink of, of promotion yourselves. But yeah, we had a good old... We had a good old day out and shame that we'll miss it next season. But, you know, that's your fault, not ours. <laughs> nah. um yeah no nah, it was it was honestly it was a i really enjoyed playing in that because um it was it was a it was a lovely it was a lovely atmosphere to be a part of i think um you know hearing the songs again and you know it was Swindon fans were in fine were in fine voice as were our fans so you know it was a really really good atmosphere and you know yeah i'll, I'll miss you know playing against Swindon. so hopefully hopefully um sometime in the future we get you in the uh 
Papa John's or something like that. The um, <laughs> the funny thing about the last two seasons where you've you've played against Swindon is that you swept us aside when we were good <laughs> and, and when you guys were really good we got we got points from you um uh, which was which was odd you really ruined our season uh the year we won the uh the 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 ppg um and and last season of course like uh we lost 4-1 didn't we um in the all at, at brisbane road and that's when we were really pushing for promotion it was a quite the nuisance and then this year You've been amazing all season long, and we managed to take points from you. Football's stupid, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's crazy. I think um, our record against the top seven is actually really good, but then we, you know, we dropped a lot of points against teams in the bottom half at home. Well, not not a lot of points, but we didn't beat Newport this season. Uh, we drew with Harrogate at home. We drew with Colchester at home. So games that we were expected to win—that's just football, though, isn't it? Like, it's mm. just you know, you win you win the games that. That no one expects you to win and you don't win the games where everyone's saying, ah, oh, he's an absolute banker. So, you know, that's that's football. And, you know, I, I love it, to be fair. You know, I've, I've really fell in love, back in love with the game, you know, again, which is, you know, I, I never I never did fall out with it, but it was more of, you know, uh, I just wanted to be somewhere and, and you know, have an opportunity to, to show, you know, if I show that I can still play at this level. So, you know, I'm really grateful. Yeah, good. If we, if we, go back to when you signed for Orion and you got that call from Ross Embleton and Martin Ling. Do you think it was a Hail Mary for them? Do you think that they felt that if we're getting Lawrence Vigaru of Swindon, who's late a lot and likes to go out, do you think, well, we can manage him or do they, did they just show absolute faith in your ability? Um, no, they showed absolute faith, I think. Um, and that, that's what, you know, it really helped me. Uh, um, they, they didn't, you know, they, I went to meet them and, you know, it was just like meeting two friends. Like, you know, it was like like a reunion of such. So um, it was, you know, they, they had full faith in me. Um, I told them that, you know, uh, you know, you won't have any problems with me. They told me I was very upfront. They said, you won't play the first few games. And I was okay with that. You know, I, I knew that I hadn't played in seven, eight months. So, I knew that I'd need time to, you know, build my fitness. Chile and football compared to the English Football League is completely different. Much slower out there. Over here is much more, you know, it's faster. Um, everyone, you know, long balls, got to judge the crosses better, all of that sort of stuff. So that sort of stuff was, you know, I had to get my eye in really. Um, and it took me a few weeks. And, you know, from there, it just, it just kept on going and going and going. And then until, you know, COVID stopped the season. Which was which was quite disappointing because I I kind of got into my groove then. Uh, I only played about six games, so and then COVID literally ended the season, which was for you guys really good. And I was there <laughs> watching from the outside, which was you know I was you know I wasn't I was really happy because I did say um, if I, I think I did say on the podcast when I last came on that that um, the Swindon would win it the next season under under Richie because I knew I knew how good of a manager he was. I knew. Um, how good tactically he was way way too good for for League Two, and um, yeah, I, I just really I really believed that he that he would get Swindon back up um, with the squad that he had. So you know, I was really happy for 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 the boys, um, and yeah, that's just yeah, that's just that's where it was. What, what was COVID like for you? How weird was that? Um, it was actually really good um, nice. for me. Actually, not, not in terms of. 
you know, obviously yeah, from a personal, going on, personal yeah, from circumstance, personal obviously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it was really, really good. Um, the only thing I should really struggle with was the teaching the kids oh, doing, the, doing the English and stuff, getting the work oh. in and all that sort of stuff. So um, apart from that, though, it was it was unbelievable. We were going on walks every day. We've got a lovely park around the corner. So we're just going for lovely walks um, every day. And um, yeah, no, it was really, really, I really enjoyed it um, personally. I know we was only allowed to go on one walk a day, wasn't it? Or yeah, something like that. Right. So yeah. we, we made sure we, we planned them every day, put them on the Strava app just to show that I was doing my walk every day. Um, <laughs> but that was about it, really. Um, a lot of walking, a lot of barbecues. Now I was always in the garden doing a barbecue from about April onwards. I was literally living in the garden, I think. So it was, it was, no, it was, it was really good to actually spend all that time with the kids. Um, you get to know, you get to learn a lot more about them, you know, when you're with them every single day, every hour of the day as well. <laughs> you know and and, oh, and and you know what i came away from lockdown thinking teachers should get paid way oh much, man alive preach <laughs> amen to that i don't think i've ever i have not i mean my 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 eldest was in infant school at that time and I, i'm quite a laid back let the experts deal with like the education thing but i don't yeah. think i'll ever ever will roll my eyes or question a teacher having, <laughs> <laughs> having had to and and you know my wife did the majority of the work um but goodness me it was hard going motivating them and getting them used to um what was a completely different world wasn't it crazy times only three years ago but feels yeah. like a long time ago now it feels like a like a like an age away, doesn't it? But it was just yeah. like, yeah, it was just for me. It was just more the teaching. Yeah. Um, everything else, I loved it. You oh. know, like you know, I was playing in the garden with the kids and stuff yeah. like that. But then when it was time to work, it's getting their attention to yeah. actually, you know, to concentrate for forty minutes to do your maths work or to do your to whatever work it was. You know, it was it was actually really challenging for me. But you know, I, it was it was really eye opening as well. <laughs> You know, just to it. know like what Pete, yeah, to go through it and, <laughs> you know, to see what teachers go through every day, man. They, they're absolute saints, aren't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. So in your wildest dreams as an individual, as somebody who, you know, has grafted for years and years to forge a career in professional football, could you ever imagine it going as well as it has for you as an individual over the last three seasons? um no no but I think if I'm really really honest I think you know uh like I said my mindset my mindset was just enjoy it regardless of what happens you know like it was always to enjoy it you know I, I know what it's like and that's what really helped me knowing how bad it can get when I was out in Chile in terms of not playing um miles away from home I just wanted to enjoy enjoy it, you know, and that 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 I think helped me massively um, to to you know to just have the seasons that I've had. Really, I think um, a lot of it comes down to you know being at home. Uh, that for me is so important. I'm, I'm quite quite boring now, you know. I don't I don't do anything really, which is actually you know is, you know when I speak to my friends and they say, oh, why are we not going here? Or I'm like, I don't really want to. I'd rather just sit at home watch a documentary about I don't even know I was watching one the other day about some cricket guy in in the Caribbean 
he robbed, like had 20 million or whatever and all he offered it to the England. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, watching yeah. that the other day. Like things like that, five years ago, I'm never watching that. You know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> so it's, that's just what where I'm at really with with life and stuff like that. So um, I would never ever have, have had imagined um, it going this well, uh, you know, and, and, it, and it kind of, the first season, the COVID one was so weird as well with no fans. Um it was it was quite strange, really playing like going all the way up to Barrow and playing in an empty ground. It was just like, what is going on? But you know, I, I think as a team we kept eighteen clean sheets and we came, I think, third, eleventh or something like that. Which was, I think, to have that many clean sheets and and you know finish eleventh. You know, we could we should have done much better with the squad that we had. And then you know the year after I had a completely different manager, different group. Uh, Kenny Jacket came in and it was, um, yeah, we played a completely different style of football and it was the first time I actually embraced that kind of football. Mm. And to be honest, you know, I, I really, I really enjoyed it, you know, playing under him and, and, you know, we went through a really, really bad spell. We didn't Ooh. win for 16 games. We beat you guys and we didn't win of again. Of course until, you did. Of course until, you did. Until <laughs> April, I think, or March, I think. We didn't win again until uh. March and that was December. Early December, I remember it was. So we yeah, didn't win you, again after that. You you swept us aside four one um, in December, and then you didn't win a game until, and that was that was the twentieth game of your season, and then you didn't get a win until game thirty six, which was against yeah. Rochdale, which is outrageous last season. And I, I completely agree about the weirdness of playing in front of no fans because you know the whole point of football, it's an entertainment industry. You don't you don't aspire to play in front of nobody. So having to deal with that, it was weird watching it from afar. But let, let's focus on on the 21-22 campaign because you know in March of 2022, which isn't that long ago, you're in 20th position. This is why I use my words carefully because, you know, you're playing every game at this stage, but Orient are struggling. And Richie Wellens comes in. And I can tell you now the conversation from the Swindon side is, oh dear, this, <laughs> this isn't good news for Lawrence Vigaru. And did you think the same? Oh, I've never been more scared in my career. Because, because um, I was... Uh, really, I, I I know we were twentieth in the league, but I was, you know, I, like I say, I was enjoying, you know, that the stuff out of football a lot, you know, and I didn't want that to change, you know, in terms of you know, like doing the school run and stuff like that. And when he came in, you know, fair play to him. To be fair, he he, he texted me before he actually got the job, so I think it, he had done everything he needed to do. But before it was announced, he actually reached out to me and said, "Can you meet me um, tonight?" And I was, I'll never forget it. I was on the way home from, it was about 6.30 p.m. And I was on the way home from my daughter's gymnastics class. I take her every Wednesday. And um, I was I was like, um, I'm just on the way home. It's 6.30 p.m. I'm on the way home from from my daughter's gymnastics. Like, can I meet you tomorrow? And he was like, he was like, um, oh, I, want, I want to meet you today. He's like, just, just come. So I was like, all right. Dropped her home, left straight away. Drove about 40 minutes up to this hotel. And I and I've honestly the walk from the car park to the hotel was about two minutes. I was sat in my car for about five minutes, sweating. Like, I had tissues like rubbing my face and that. And I was just like, oh man, this could go one or two ways here. This could be either he says he needs me and he's gonna we we, we you know it's, it's over, or 
I'm with the, I'm with the under 18s every day and I'm nowhere near the first team. So I go in there and I'm like, hi, hi, Richie, hi, Richie how are you? Uh, and he's like, like, why are you so, why are you so shy? <laughs> <laughs> and then that was a good icebreaker, you know what I mean? It was just like, and I was just like, oh yeah, you know, I've been scared. I've been really, really scared, you know, to, to meet you. Like, listen, I need you. That I've watched the last two games. You're not playing anywhere near how you, you usually play. You're playing like you're scared and stuff. And he proper went into detail. And he was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need you like this season and going forward. So I, I said to him, I'm, I'm really sorry for, for everything at Swindon. You know, I, I was wrong. I'm not that person. Um, if, if, you, if you didn't want to play me, listen, I completely understand. I'm not going to throw no hissy fit or well, I don't even know you can say that, but I'm not going to throw no anger or whatever. Um, I'm not going to be doing anything wrong. I'm just going to get on with it really. And, and to be fair, you know, he was like, nah, I need, I need you to play. Like, and I was like, okay, I appreciate it. I really appreciate you actually calling me to come meet you as well. You know, because other people, you know, it gets announced and then I'm going into training. I'm seeing him for the first time and I'm like, oh man, in front of everybody. He actually did it, just me and him. So that when I went into training the next day, it was easy for me. You know, I'd already spoken to him and and it was, we had a, meet, a meeting that we always, that managers always have when they come in, you know, to talk about, you know, their plans and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I completely bought into everything he said, you know, from, from, from the moment I left the hotel till now, you know, I hang on every word he says because, you know, he, he's been absolutely brilliant. And, you know, I look back and I kind of, you know, I, I look back and think, you know, I, I've got my first league title now, but I could have two if I'd listened to him, you know, when I was at Swindon. I would have two of them. I would have stayed and I would have played every game and I would have been, you know, and we would have won the league, albeit points per game, but still would have won the league and I would have had a medal and stuff like that. So it's a bit bittersweet, but, you know, um, I don't really look too much in the past. And, you know, I'm really focused on on what's, you know, on what we've done this season and, you know, going forward, what we can do. Lovely. Yeah, this is a very pro Richie Wellens pod. He, he did the pod two or three times and he he always helped me out behind the scenes too with a few things that that you know front facing no would have no one would have ever seen and he gave us a really really good season uh until the the lockdown happened the virus uh hit and it's one of the biggest shames that we were denied going the full 46 i've i've sort of flip-flopped since at the time I thought Swindon might have faltered a little bit and crew were coming in quite hard. We would have gone up, but whether we would have gone up first, second or third, I'm not sure. And now as the years pass, I'm more and more sure that we, we probably would have hung in there and, and, and won the league outright. And to be denied that 46 game season and for us to be denied the celebrations, which never happened, unfortunately, um, was a tremendous shame. Oh, yeah, it... yeah, it was. It was to be fair, wasn't it? Like yeah. it's, to be to be fair as well, you know. Um, uh, I, I agree with you. I think because um, obviously I was back then, so I was, you know, I was always checking the scores and stuff. And you guys were blowing teams away, you know. And you had such a such a good squad, um, some really good players in every position. And you know, I, I think you were by far the most deserving champions um, of that season. And I'm really happy that 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 Swindon were were given it because you know it would have been un- unfair and unjust if if anyone else would have 
One thing I would say, though, is he was quite disappointed that he didn't get manager of the year that year, wasn't he? <laughs> well, he, he's, he is one to talk about people not being included in 11s. He spent a lot of the... Uh, the the Orient Championship day and um, and following hours, you know, picking out uh, things that journalists have have not done and people not being included in teams of year and and so forth. But that that's that's just the sort of guy he is. He's he's at his best when things are going really well. He talks really well when things aren't um, as good. But when it's going his way, and I, this would have been a huge move for Richie Wellens given what happened at Doncaster and and Leighton or and and Salford that he needed this to work and bloody hell it has so far yeah no he's been and to be fair to him he's been absolutely outstanding in terms of like um tactically he's, he's miles ahead of everyone i think um you know the way he sets us up to play every game he's he's been he's been honestly he's been fantastic um as a man as well you know i I've gone from a relationship where, you know, at Swindon, we didn't speak at all to now I'm telling him about what my kids are doing um, at home and, you know, asking for advice with everything in life. So, you know, he's a, he's a really good man. And, and, and you know, um, we're actually really lucky to have him as, as manager because, you know, I, I can see him working a lot higher than, than League Two and League One. Mm, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens on that front. Before I let you go, um, a running joke of over the last year on the Lobe Strangers has been the well-being and whereabouts of Rob Hunt. Now, we were told a year ago that contract talks were ongoing and we haven't had an update since, but apparently he's been doing all right at Leighton Orient. Oh, what a man. <laughs> Roberto, we call him Roberto Wellens because oh. he signed for him. That's, that's lame. Third club, that, isn't it? That's, third that's club? pretty lame, Lawrence. If that's what yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what we call lame. him. To be fair, no, he's um he's an unbelievable, unbelievable man. Like that's Dang. first and foremost off the pitch, unbelievable man. Uh, um, and and you know what? I I think the gaffer signs him all the time because he he get he just gets it. You know, he gets what he wants. Like if he doesn't have to tell him, you know what? You know, two, three, four times, he just gets it straight away. He's a top top player. Uh, um, and he can play on either side, either foot. And, you know, we've got two fullbacks here that are, you know, if you were watching them for the first time, you wouldn't know what foot they were. They're that good with either foot. So, you know, um, you know, credit credit to him because he's a, he's a top player, top man as well. And um, I think, you know, he's got a lot more to come. I think he plays within himself a bit as well. I think he can be a lot, lot better, um, you know, than, than what he's already shown. And what he's already shown has been, has been unbelievable. And, you know, I'm surprised... He, for starters, that he didn't get into the into the team of the year. I think a couple of injuries kind of kind of killed him a little bit. But you know, he, for me, I think he's he's one of the best fullbacks, if not the best fullback in in the league. So, and I've been really proud to play with him. Yeah, yeah, I envy most of. Well, I envy everything you said there. I was a big fan of Rob Hunt, and uh, yeah, it's a shame that that no deal was forthcoming or they you know, whatever happened, happened. And you also found Jordan Lydon. We were told that Jordan Lydon was going to complete his rehab at Swindon and then they would see how it goes. And then we saw him in a picture in pre-season and never saw him again. And he rocked up. He, he's had a tough time, hasn't he? And I know he's left Orient this summer, but undoubtedly a, a very decent player if he if he can keep fit. Yeah, no, he's I'm like really, really talented player. Um, another really, really good guy. You know, I think, you know, I think a lot of 
a lot of things in, in football, you know, uh, is about the, p- the people that you have in the changing room. And I think we've been blessed here at Orient that we've had, you know, so many different characters from different parts of the world all come into a changing room. And it's just like, it's just blended beautifully, you know, and someone like Jordan Lydon, it comes in late, you know, obviously when you come in late to a team that's doing really well, it can be kind of daunting a little bit, you know, when, you know, you come in and, you know, you're the new guy all of a sudden. He came in and he was confident and, you know, and to be fair to him, you know, he actually, we actually spoke quite a lot in the beginning, mainly about Swindon, which was like, you know, it was, it was really good. I think Hunty had already been bored about talking about Swindon with me. So it was good to have someone else to talk about it with. So um, Leiden came in and, and yeah, no, he's, he was, it was brilliant. Uh, credit to himself, you know, um, he's been really unfortunate with injuries. Um, because, but when, but when he was training and, and playing games with us, you know, he showed his quality and, you know, I really hope he gets back from this this latest injury he has now, and and he's back ready, fit and firing for someone in preseason. Because as a as a as a man, he deserves it, and more importantly, as a player as well. You know, he's you know he deserves it because someone of that ability shouldn't be you know shouldn't be um looking at looking to sign going on trial for anyone. He should be you know on a two three year contract with someone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been really fun. And what a great way to announce that you're coming back to Swindon. This is, you know. (laughs) (laughs) One day, you never know if if they'll take me. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. well, um, before we go, anything that we haven't covered that you'd like to that you'd like to relay before we say goodbye until we speak again in four years? Uh, No, not really. I just... You know, I really hope next season that um, that you guys, you know, are back where you belong, which is, you know, comfortably a, one of the biggest clubs in League Two. So should it even be at that level? Um, hopefully next season, you know, they, they go up, you guys go up and then, you know, uh, we'll see you guys hopefully if we stay up in, in League One, which will be, you know, which will be really, really nice. So, um, yeah, you know, the, the club for me, you know, as long as everyone sticks together at the club, I think that that's where it will be. You know that's where that's where the magic comes. I think it happened with us this season, um, both on and off the pitch. So not just the players. I think the supporters they bought into what we was doing, um, and they really got behind us. And I think that that really helped. You know, especially when you're playing away from home and you're outnumbered eight to one um, in the stands. To even hear our fans singing, you know, so proud of us of what we've done this season was, you know, was was actually remarkable. So, you know, if if, if that happens at um, if that happens at um, Swindon next season, then you know the the world's your oyster. I think you guys will be will be right up there. We shall see. It's been a pleasure, Lawrence Figaro. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me, Rich. Appreciate it. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, 
or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 